Little. Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw. Fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. I am one of your hosts, Todd Blythe, along, as always, with Brett Meyer. Brett, how are we doing today? That's a terrible intro. <laughs> Couldn't no, find kidding. your mic there for a second. No, it was hello. great. I got, I got a, I got a uh, down auxiliary cable. I don't have a backup, so I can only hear out of one ear. But we're gonna, we're gonna figure out a way to make it through. We're gonna figure it out, Todd. So, Wonderful. what's going on? Uh, what's going on? And I want to say Ankeny, but you live in Polk City now. So I'm gonna give out your address too. People can send stuff to your house and show up at your front porch. Hey, Todd. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> I like gifts and surprises. Um, not a whole lot going on. Got to spend a couple of days uh, in the lovely town, uh, city, whatever you want to call it, of Waterloo, uh, Monday and Tuesday for work. Did a little overnight at the Isle Casino. Um, don't want to talk about that. Didn't come out ahead. Uh, just lost money while a guy just blew smoke directly into my eyeballs across the table from me. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got going on these days. What did you, are you, you're playing blackjack? I'm a blackjack guy. Um, it's basically the only game I know how to play. Um, I don't know how to really play poker. I don't know how to play craps. Um, so yeah, blackjack, I can count to 21 pretty well. So I just play blackjack. Um, although I lost money and like I said, had a guy sitting next to me, uh, with his mask around his neck. Um, I say, how, how are you smoking? Smoke, seriously, a mask smoke mandate directly into my eyeball. Did they have a mask mandate or was it kind of? Brett, we live in Iowa. There is no such thing as a mask mandate. Never has been, never will be. Um, they do require masks at the casino, but if you're drinking, obviously you pull it down to take a drink. And if you're just ripping darts all night like this guy was, just, just chain-smoking darts, uh, then he had a ma- his mask around. The funny thing was his mask was around his neck all night while he smoked, but he had uh, latex like surgical gloves on. Didn't want to get the COVID from the cards, but didn't care about blowing – you know, smoke all over everybody else. So yeah, the, the gloves always trip me out. It's like anybody who wears them, like you literally have to, like every time you touch something, take the gloves off, put new ones on. If like and especially you're, you're talking to wear about the right way, we're talking about a smoker. This guy was holding his cards, touching everything with his gloves and then touching his cigarette and putting that in his mouth. So I don't really understand it. Um, He's telling he was, the story like, to his if buddies. You picture, if, you, if, if you picture like a, just white trash private investigator that's what this guy was and he was a private investigator for the last 35 years he told me about it um he's like a uh he could be dog the bounty hunters i don't know if he'd be older or younger brother i don't know how old dog yeah he's about to make your life miserable for calling him white trash <laughs> he's definitely a listener to the pod he hears everything he's a pi man I, w- I will say though he was killing it though he was just stacking chips while i was just believing him to the dealer but anyways you were the mark. They were just playing off of you. Seriously. <laughs> well, that's great. So you lost a lot of money and <clears throat> I spent yep. the night in Waterloo. Yeah. So we have this nice new house that we built. We actually have to sell it now. I lost all of our monies. All right, so we're, we're selling uh, the house and one of our children. We haven't decided which, but one of them's got to go. So, yeah, it's great. I, I got to spend the weekend in Omaha for my, uh, my cousin's wedding. It was, uh, it was a responsibly, uh, it was a responsible wedding. Everybody was masked up for the most, most part. And it was good. We had a good time. 
what time was it? Was it right during the game? Um, it started like 4.30, so I watched most of the first half and then um, just follow. I mean, everybody can watch on their phones. It was funny, you though. Didn't really, you didn't miss anything in the second half, so. I don't know, but so my, uh, my uncle was the one that officiated the wedding, one of my uncles, and um, her her husband is from Alabama, and his whole family's like diehard Crimson Tide fans. So like they were playing, I think they played Tennessee, and they won like you know one of their you know forty five to ten or whatever it was. And pretty standard Bama game. Yeah, he said that like during didn't matter if it was like like people. I mean they're Alabama fans, right? They have a ton to cheer about. And like they the whole like you know rehearsal and like uh, leading up to the wedding because their their game was on the same time ours. It was a two thirty kick. That they were just like didn't matter that they were up like forty five to nothing. It was like. They were nervous. They were tense. They're watching the game. They're just they're, living and dying with Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, he said there. How many times did you hear Roll Tide? And non-ironically, Roll Tide. He gave him uh he he's got a pretty good sense of humor, my uncle, and he threw out a joke about like, oh, we're getting to know, you know, getting to know everybody. And it's glad that he's he's a big Crimson or he's a big war, uh Auburn fan, War Eagle, and everybody kind of started laughing, getting over <laughs> ass, but uh that was good. That was a good, good service. Spent some time with uh, our number, my number one receiver, John Davis, over the okay. we'll just Omaha Natives. He actually was like, he, I guess. Let that he, go ahead and go. What do you mean? I'm super offended right now, but go on. Just kidding, JD. You know JD's our guy, <laughs> so John Davis. Say, John. Hey, say, John, Omaha, Nebraska native. He's actually, uh, he just came to the hotel and had a couple beers and socially distanced and across the table and hung out and got caught up so it was good to see good to see jd but uh yeah overall the uh good weekend but kind of uh one of those games in oklahoma state where you kind of leave feeling like uh i don't want to necessarily say you left something out there because i mean they are a really good team i think it's one of the better defenses in the country yeah, um, but our offense stunk on saturday yeah i mean look they stunk yeah, it's a veteran secondary, and, and we've seen with the first game of the year that you know we're not some we're not a team that's going to be able to go four, get five, any six separation. <laughs> yeah, especially against. I mean, they have juniors and seniors in the secondary, and you know those guys have played a lot of football, and they're aggressive, and you know we were three for thirteen. I'm looking at on third down with an average of eight and a half yards to go. Yeah, since so we're jumping third and eight, right in basically here. the whole game, third and eight What's to ten. Your, uh, What's your take? Do you think it was a situation where we couldn't get open on their secondary or was it a situation where up front we couldn't block their front seven? Because it seemed like Brock didn't have any time, so the only people he could throw to was tight ends and backs. I mean, one receiver caught a ball. Four guys caught balls, three tight ends, a running back, or maybe five. Three tight ends, a running back, and uh, and one receiver, Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more – I mean, you get a t- a d- any against any kind of good defense or any defense, but especially a good defense, you have to do better on first and second down. You cannot be averaging on third down eight yards or more. I mean, you're, you it's going to be – especially because that's when they're going to bring pressure and it's going to force you to get rid of the ball quickly. And then the perception is going to be we didn't protect well and – you know, I mean, protections on third downs are kind of hard to are hard to judge because there's so much there's so much going on. They're gonna it's light mostly, you up on that down. Yeah, you're gonna get lit up. You know, a higher percentage of the time, so it's yeah, hard. That was to incorrect. Know. It was it was just four guys caught balls. Two two tight ends, uh, Brees Hall out of the backfield, and then Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, and I mean, we're gonna have we got a good group of tight ends, so we're gonna have 
you know, we're not going to have four and five wide on the field very often because we have good tight ends and we want to be able to feature them. Uh, but that's going to put, you know, you're not going to have as many athletes on the field and you're probably not going to have as many opportunities for those receivers as well. But um, overall, I mean, that is a position group that absolutely has to step up without question. And, um, you know, one, one positive is, you know, we're playing Kansas this week and they're, you know, their best player. I mean, their best player just left for the season. Uh, Puka Williams are running back. And I would say this, like that is a game, this is a game where, like that position group needs to step up and it, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You, it can help build confidence. Right. I mean, we have, absolutely. yeah, we have five or six different guys catch balls and a couple guys can get loose or you just, just win against something. I mean, we probably won't see another defense as, as good. I mean, Texas is probably going to have some athletes on the back end. They're going to be similar to what they saw at Oklahoma state, but you know, we've seen Texas give up points all over the field this year, so we don't. Yeah, and if, if you saw during the game, they showed up a, a stat line up there or flashed some some stats about uh, where Oklahoma State's defense ranked in the nation. I mean, they ranked were in first or second in about six or seven different defensive categories. I mean, they really were an impressive defense. We didn't really give them enough credit. Probably talking on the podcast last week. Um, they're they're an impressive defense. They really are, and. You know, speaking of defense, I thought our defense actually played really well against a very explosive offense uh, for Oklahoma State. Um, they just kind of got worn down, I think, at the end with uh, with Hubbard. He was able to pop a couple runs. You know, that touchdown run was really impressive um, at the end of the game. But mm-hmm. defense, you know, kind of did what they've done all year and, and played well and did their job. Uh, offense, you know, as we mentioned, didn't seem to really show up. And then obviously – uh, you know, a couple of missed kicks, which were you got two guys talking here who are, are suffering from PTSD from missed kicks uh, from our playing playing days. So it's uh, kind of kind of Iowa State this one away. Yeah, I'm gonna. We had a good kicker. Shaggy was a good kicker early in our careers. Absolutely. We did not have a, but I, when, but when, our first two years playing, we yeah, we, well, that was field goals kept us out of Big Twelve title games. Yeah, and some idiot. Nothing against Shaggy. Shaggy was yeah. outstanding. I mean, he was a stud. Well, the first in 04 against Missouri, I don't even remember who the quarterback was, but he threw an interception late. He was supposed to throw it to Blythe and didn't. <laughs> yeah. Who, was it a fade you threw to the other side of the field? To your number one receiver you were just talking about, John Davis? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did tell you coming out of the huddle, like, hey, I'm coming to you. And then I looked at the safety. And he just looks at me, looks at you, takes a step over towards you, looks at me, looks at you, like, oh, okay, you're going to so double Todd. what? <laughs> so I just decided to undisroll it to the field. And gosh, that was. Damn your reads. Still makes me sick. Throw me the ball. <laughs> I should have just chucked it out of bounds and we would have probably kicked the field going one. But yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see that this is still keeping you up at nights, uh, you know, 15, 16, some odd years later. Yeah. The one that hurts more is Kansas because we came out and we were up 14 to three. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You probably would have got boat raced by Texas, but we still would have been able to play in the big football. For sure. But it would have been fun to go play the games. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we went out there and I would have went out there thinking we were going to win, but I mean, Texas was oh, pretty Mac, good that Mac year. Oh, would have had us fired up, ready to roll for yeah, sure. Yeah. But like you said, it might've been a pretty thorough bow open. I mean, Colorado went out and got beat like 70 to nothing or something. Stu. We would definitely would have put up a better fight than that. No, nah, we would have put up a way better fight than okay, that. Okay, sorry. Back to present day cycle. I know. I'm about ready to throw of, my headset here. What do you think of Purdy? I mean, he's – I didn't think he I don't think bad. it's on him. I, yeah, I don't I think, think it's – like, Yeah, it didn't seem like he missed a lot of throws or, or missed open guys. I, honestly, he just didn't have a bunch of time to look downfield. That's part of the reason a lot of receivers weren't in the stat book, but – 
you know, looking at the at the game, I didn't think he played terrible. His stats don't look great, but I mean, it, you know, quarterbacks can, as you know, quarterbacks can only do so much when you got guys in your face. You know, a second and a half after you get the ball. So. Yeah, I just think like just from playing the position and playing, you know. <laughs> you really, really know and understand the importance of it. It probably doesn't get talked about enough, right? Everybody focuses on third down and it's a big stat and what's your third down percentage. I mean, that's like low-hanging fruit for an announcer every week. It's like, oh, they're, you know, 0 for 4 on third down and this defense is giving up X, you know, they're getting, they're giving up only 10. I mean, that's a stat they, they just hone in on, but it's like first and second down means everything. I mean, that's yes. where, like, it absolutely means everything. If you can get... I mean, I don't know what the metrics are now, but in our day, it was like, you know, we want four more yards on first down. That kind of opens everything up. Yeah, I, always second. Do the, uh, I do the post-game KXNO post-game show, just always like a 15-minute segment um, with Heather and Emery on there every week. And a guy called in while I was on there and was like, well, why did we abandon the run in the second half? You know, we were running the ball so well, and we just abandoned the run. And, like, if you look at the stats, obviously, Brees Hall, he, had, he does what – good backs do he popped off a 70 yard run and a 66 yard run i think it was outside of those two runs uh he had 18 other carries um averaging less than three yards a carry so it you know on first down it's not like we abandoned the run but on on first down if you get two yards all of a sudden you're second and eight and you got to throw the ball so you get behind the sticks and off schedule it's not like they were abandoning the run they just weren't in position that they could continue to run those yeah, two I mean, long that, runs that's really kind of you know it, I don't know, explode the stats up a little bit and make it look like we ran the ball better than we really did. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's the hallmark of a really good defense is they make you – try to make you one-dimensional. And I'm sure they were fine with – you know, obviously they don't want to give up those two runs, but in like the, you know, the flow of the game, we're only getting three yards a pop. You know, you're not going to run on first down because you're going to be in second and third and long. So, I mean, that, that's the first long run, the 66 yard of it, Brees, that he didn't score on. We didn't score on that drive. We missed a field goal. Um, so, you know, it looks the defense, you don't want to give up a long run, but it didn't hurt them. It, you know, it was a bend, don't break situation. They gave up a long run. Um, and then we, we missed a field goal and they get the ball back with, uh, with no blood. So it, you know, Brees Hall did what he's supposed to do. He kept, kept chopping away until he finally popped a couple. Cause he's a, you know, fantastic running back. Um, but you know, they're, their front seven really kind of dominated the game as far as uh, what we were trying to do in the run game and then also protecting uh, Brock Purdy back there. Yeah, I mean, the, the I guess the, the positive is that we still control our own destiny, and if we went out, we'll most likely get another shot at Oklahoma State because I think they now have a two-game lead. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they, you know, they can uh, – this is probably one of the years where Oklahoma steps up and beats them so they may get – one loss there. I think Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler and those guys, they're starting to figure it out. He'll get better as the season goes on. And yeah, he'll get better always, every week. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, definitely um, a frustrating loss, but still a lot in front of us. We can still do things that we've never done in the history of our program, and that's, um, you know, play for a Big 12 championship. So I think it's um, learn from it and utilize this game against Kansas, come out and, you know, just no dinking around, no messing around, just put them away and, and put some good tape up there and offensively get into a rhythm and, and figure out what we can do and, and just build on it. So I'm looking yeah, forward this, to it. This a, is definitely a yeah, get right game opportunity. A, a yep. get healthy game, not, not necessarily get healthy in a physical sense, but just get your, you know, mentally get right, uh, get your confidence back up, get, uh, this is kind of a go back to basics week, uh, 
in practice. I don't think you got to scheme a whole lot for KU. So you can kind of go back and um, get back to your fundamentals and make sure you're dialed in and not doing anything sloppy and, and get ready to go for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, I don't have anything else to add about KU's defense. Full disclosure, I've done zero prep on KU. Um, I have absolutely – I know nothing about their squad outside of Les Miles got COVID and uh, um, uh, Williams went ahead and, and mailed it in for the rest of the year. So, But uh, you got anything on KU that, uh, that I haven't mentioned? I mean, this is one of those games where, I mean, obviously you're watching film and if you're, if you're in the program, you're taking, you know, you're going through the process. But, I mean, outside of the program, it's like this is completely 100% about us and just figuring out how we get better on offense, continue to remain consistent on defense. And just, I mean, this is one of those games where it, it doesn't need to be close. Just go out there, take care of business. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure, especially in it, with COVID, I mean, the teams that are struggling, they're going to mail it in all the extra stuff that all these players and everyone are having to go through, you know, you're not going to get any kind of effort from Kansas. So I think we just need to go out and take care of business, make it quick. Yeah, I mean, anything less than scoring about 45 points on offense is, you know, is going to feel like we kind of didn't do what we should have done. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's KU. I'm not, I don't really have anything to say about them. Um, what do you think about uh big 10 opened up this, this past weekend? Any, any games um, in our, in our area, in our state, that uh, that come to mind for the Big Ten opener. Um, any disappointments out there for anybody <laughs> in the state of Iowa? I mean, just offhand. No, I know there was oh, one team oh, in the I Big don't, Ten. I don't know if you saw this? Yeah, the uh, Iowa well, play. Iowa. Yeah, there was one team in the Big Ten that was without their best player on offense and the head coach, and they won. Who was that? Let me Google it. Google.com backslash. <laughs> I think it was Purdue. Purdue. Who'd they have this week? <laughs> Go Hawks! Oh, hey, you hate, you hey. hate to see it. You know, the Hawkeyes. It just and amidst the, amongst the term the the turmoil that they've been going through uh, the past couple of months. Um, I mean, honestly, they probably do have a lot of distractions. And uh, showed up on Saturday, they didn't play very well. So it's really too bad. You hate to see that. I saw I a stat: they haven't scored a second half touchdown in like the last five games or something like that. It's not very good. No, tough to win ball games when you just don't score any points in the second half. I think they have a couple field goals, but uh, if you're not scoring touchdowns at all in the second half, it's going to be tough. You better build a big lead in the first half. And I was not exactly known to light up the scoreboard coming out of the gates. But did you watch that game at all? No, I did not. It yeah, shockingly not. neither did I. I followed along a little bit. Just uh, every time I saw that Purdue was up, I, I got a little, uh, you know, a little excited and took, an, took another drink. But do you really? I, I don't. I don't really have – I mean, I don't watch a lot of the games, but do you You actively root against Iowa? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, at this point, I probably shouldn't. And, and, I mean, it's – you know, I have a ton of respect for their program, uh, you know, what they've done, the consistency that they have. Um, I guess respect for their program on the field, obviously, off the field. Uh, they're lacking in some areas. Um, but, uh, no, I definitely actively root against them. I mean, the whole – the saving, saving grace – you know, last Saturday was, you know, we got beat, but at least, uh, at least Iowa got beat as well. So. I, I more relish it from like the fan standpoint because they get so many annoying. That's parents, all of it. The, the players, shoot, yeah. we're friends with, you know, a bunch of guys that played at Iowa and stuff. You know, I, I don't wish ill on the players at all. And, and the coaching staff, I mean, just like you through recruiting, recruiting, you get to know those guys a little bit. 
Um, I don't hope they lose because of the players or the coaches. I hope they lose because of the fans. I want the fans to have to shut up for another week. Um, so that's that's the whole reason I root against the Hawks is purely because I think the fans are annoying. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, speaking of the Big Ten, and I mean, I, I feel like we kind of knew something like this could potentially happen where you had, you know, a team that gets off to a great start or not even doesn't matter you know how they're playing, but like, you know, you're going to lose an entire position group and, you know, it's going to be – it's the quarterbacks. That's I mean, tough. you have – well, first off, the starting quarterback for Wisconsin, Graham The Heisman Mertz, favorite. <laughs> he absolutely lights up Illinois and looks better than any quarterback they've had since Russell oh. Wilson. Not even what is close. Was he 23 of 24 or something like that with five TDs? I think he and he wasn't going into the season. The only reason he's playing is because Jack Cohn, who was like – I mean, he's just your average run-of-the-mill. He's just a guy – was broke hurt his foot. Like, what are you doing inside that program where you can't figure out who your best quarterback is? I mean, Wisconsin has, I mean, they're kind of like Georgia in a sense, obviously, you know, Georgia's got way more talent, but they've had an unbelievable defense, the best running, you know, the best running game and scheme in the country. And they've just had guys at quarterback that I think kind of holds them back. Absolutely. And like you, you finally have a kid in the program that people are excited about, and like you, you don't name him the starter. And the only like, like I just it, it baffles me. Like I got a lot of buddies <laughs> from my time living in Wisconsin, who either played at Wisconsin, some played in the NFL, and I mean it, it just drives them crazy that they can't go out. And I mean, if you're a quarterback, that's I understand. Like you probably turn on. Okay, I don't want to turn around and hand off ISOs thirty times a game, but. They do that because their quarterbacks suck, though. If they have a decent quarterback, you know how much, how much more dangerous an offense is when you have an elite. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean they probably do that not only because they're so good at it, but also out of necessity because the quarterbacks stink every year. Yeah, but anyway, so Graham Mertz comes out in, in, in week one and you know has probably you know five touchdowns, zero interceptions, throws for almost 250 yards. Is like what was he like 20 of 21? I mean just. Yeah, I, whatever it was, I know he had one incomplete pass. Yeah, so I mean, Wisconsin and all the people I know from the state are just extremely excited. And I mean, it's it's there's no you know there's it's the Green Bay Packers and the Badgers in the state of Wisconsin. Everybody is we got a great team, we got an opportunity, and then boom, Graham Mertz test positive. The backup quarterback. Well, I guess Mertz is, is technically the, the the second string, but he, he's he's your he's your guy moving forward, right? So then now, so they're on their second string. Chase Wolf is third string. He tests positive. They would have been on their four string quarterback, <laughs> but now the game is canceled because they had I think they had like twelve to fifteen tests. Uh, head coach Paul Chris tests positive, so the game against Nebraska is now canceled. Will not be rescheduled, and you know obviously well, that's what happens with. When the Big Ten, when they cancel their season, they and then decide to come back and play, they back themselves into the corner where they're playing is an eight game season with no bye weeks. So any issues like that that come up, it's going to yeah, be a cancellation done. instead of a reschedule situation. Yeah, I mean it just you were you know fingers crossed that they were going to be able to get you know eight weeks off and not have any major issues like this, but it was pretty unlikely. And, and what's the quarantine policy? Well, so, days? yeah, I think the Big Ten has what I read or just and you've heard about it is they have an epidemiologist and then like another um, 
someone within the medical field with a medical background is, is a president. So there's two presidents that have are in the medical field. That's their background, right? That's what they dedicated medical their field. Like, like a sales rep. <laughs> I'm just saying like, that's what <laughs> like they, me and you. <laughs> yeah. They, they dedicated their professional lives and, you know, to studying medicine. And they were the ones who came up with the 21 day quarantine when everybody else, the CDC and every other sports league was, you know, 10 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting here now, and the reason why was that, th- that last week is you got a, they were they were concerned about heart issues, and now there's there's more studies and people are saying like yeah that's really not an issue at all. Yeah, so I, think I just big saw ten, a headline today that said that uh, yeah. they're not even going to start. T- they're not even going to test for the heart for it. So yeah, the Big Ten needs to. I mean, you've already made one huge amendment and coming back from hey we're not going to play. You made the decision in August before you needed to, and you flipped that one. So now they need to come in and just be smart about it get over themselves and just amend this to make sure that hey, 10 to 14 day quarantine, because I mean, this is, this is bad for your league. This is probably your second best team because we see Penn state's fraud this year. They're not any good. Losing <laughs> to Indiana. So it's no better term for a team than a fraud. fraud I fraudulent. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously, you got Ohio state and then you got Wisconsin and they're going to be without, their, their first Nebraska is going to be good though. I mean, yeah, they played Ohio state, but you know, Nebraska is going to be back this year. That's the team I that I would, I would heard that from the Nebraska fans. Or not. Yeah. That was, that was the team that I kind of pegged as the one who would, who would go COVID crazy just because Scott Frost is, I think he runs kind of a loose undisciplined program in some respects, just from the hearsay you hear about other coaches talking and, uh, but also I did, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to, paint this as like we're the perfect example and because you know knock on wood we could have an outbreak next week at Iowa State but I just think about when we had Cobes on and he talked about how they've been doing this the whole time where they're meeting like they're using all these empty buildings on campus so like the quarterbacks will be meeting in like some massive auditorium you know and they're separate from each other and you know Wisconsin I know they 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 basically I think Alvarez was talking about how they really hadn't had any positives, maybe one positive throughout camp, and now they're having a cluster of positives. And they, they mentioned that, well, you know, our quarterbacks, we've actually been meeting in the O-line room, so we have more space. It's like you probably need to do more than that. You have the resources. Every single training staff in the country, they're talking to each other. You have all these different examples and ideas of what you can do. And you got a bunch of empty buildings on campus. Yeah. I mean, do use more. Them. Use them. The yeah, old line room, it's, it's bigger than the quarterback's room probably, but it's not that much not bigger. That much bigger. Like, yeah, I so I, I just – I think there are some teams and some programs that are, are, are not – are doing kind of what they have to do. Yeah, bare minimum. And they, yeah, and then there's going to be teams that are going to go above edge. and beyond and make absolutely sure they give themselves the best chance of getting this right. And it just – you know, those teams that are doing probably what they're supposed – just what they have to do, the bare minimum, are probably going to be the ones that you're going to see with some of the outbreaks. And it's unfortunate, but – Yeah, yeah I mean, the Big Ten's – Yeah, the Big Ten's put themselves in a situation. So, yeah, you can't really – I mean, you hate for these kids to get sick and you hope that there's – you know, they're asymptomatic and there's nothing serious. But at the end of the day, you kind of – you know, you kind of made your own bed here if you're the Big Ten. Yeah, some of these teams, I think there's going to be – like, exactly like you said, there's some teams that are just going to do the bare minimum, say, okay, well, we just got to grit our teeth and get through it. This is what we're supposed to do. And then there's the teams that are going to truly accept what's going on right now and do everything in their power, uh, like I said, go above and beyond. And I think, you know, from talking to Coberly when he was on here, that's what exactly what Iowa State's doing, and that's why they're having the success 
throughout the athletics department that they're having. I mean, they're, you know, every time they, they test their athletes every week, and that's 500 and whatever, some odd tests. And every week we hear, well, zero, um, zero positives this week, zero positives last week, uh, you know, maybe one or two sprinkled in there, um, at, you know, every few weeks. But it, it's, been, it's been really, really impressive what Iowa State's done. And then you get this situation, and, or like, you know, Baylor and, and other teams that uh, have just had huge outbreaks because, you know, they just can't – they're not willing to do uh, – go above and beyond and do what they need to do to, to make sure they're taking care of business. Yeah, I think it's uh, it'll be interesting to follow and kind of see what they do. Hopefully, they come back and they're going to have to change something. I mean, Barry yeah, Alvarez they want to salvage is, the season. Oh yeah, and, and Barry Alvarez is somebody that has, I think, a little bit of sway within the Big Ten. And hopefully, they just get the right people on the phone, and some of the presidents can just check their egos at the door, admit they maybe made a mistake, and just hey, ten to fourteen days, like literally everyone else in the world is doing right now in terms it's of a, it's a pretty point. easy conversation to come out and say hey we're going to follow from here on out we're following cdc guidelines yeah i mean yeah you have to swallow your pride a little bit but you really just come out and say hey we're going to do what everybody else is doing we're yeah. not doing anything crazy or anything that uh, that is anybody's really going to bat an eye at you come out and say we're going to follow all the rules that everybody else is doing uh, and that is what has been suggested to everyone else i don't think anybody you know has an issue with that it's only a headline because they're so far and away, um, you know, stricter guidelines than what everybody else is following. Yeah. Yep. 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 But who knows? We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. But, uh, I got a question for you. Are you now a Dodgers fan? Cause you are, cause I remember two years back when the Cubs won, all of a sudden you pop oh. up wearing Cubs hats. Are you there never, you, you never met. I've known you for, what since 2002 never once have you mentioned even baseball other than when we used to kick the crap out of you in AU baseball but you okay. never once mentioned Remember that the word cubs. we talked about before fraudulent that's what you are right now you literally never mentioned the cubs and all of a sudden oh man i'm being cubs fan well, no, i'm a more talking about the fact and, you said you used yeah. to kick the crap out of you yeah, never i don't i think you probably got 10 run every time you ever played the mustangs yeah whatever local team versus <laughs> a you know but, select team powerhouse uh no i'd be lying if i said that uh i mean i've been a cubs fan since i was little went to cubs games when i was uh, a little boy growing up um uh, my dad grew up in rockford illinois you know just uh just uh, i guess west of chicago um, so grew up in Cubs. Fan. I grew up west of Chicago too. I don't need to do. <laughs> you grew up well. You're from Chicago, so uh, you should you should be a Cubs fan. What are you a Sox guy? Um, but uh, but yeah, didn't got away from baseball until you know got out of coaching and had a lot more time on my hands. And then uh, when you got the summer summer evenings kind of free, you sit around and you watch baseball. And definitely got more into the Cubs. Um, just happened to work out that I got into the Cubs. Uh, I guess I got out of coaching in 2015. That's really when I started watching baseball again. It's good timing on my part. Can you sit down and watch like – Maybe I'm the good luck charm. Can you sit down and watch baseball games? 100%. It's a great thing to have on the background. I pay yeah. attention when the Cubs are up to bat, and then when they're in the field and they're pitching, it's kind of one of those things that I can do other things. I don't have to pay a lot of attention, but it's always on. And then, yeah, baseball is a fantastic sport to have on the background. Kind of like a lot of people do with golf. I actually, yeah. you know, I'm a golf nerd, so I kind of lock in a little bit more than most when I'm watching golf. But, um, yeah, I love watching baseball in the evening. Yeah, I just – in the playoffs, the pitching changes just kill me. It's like the mound visits, the pitching changes. They got to figure yeah. that out. But yeah. I, I just I, – I did, you know, I, I, I did dig in and watch them last night, and it was like – 
What do you think of speaking of the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten has a 21 day quarantine policy? How about the Major League Baseball having a 20 minute quarantine policy? Um, Justin Turner, the big redhead, yeah. just out there cheesing. I got COVID sitting they right next to him. Mid game uh, for a positive COVID test. He's supposed to go quarantine and isolate. Well, and what kind says, of protocols do you have that you like? You don't know if everyone is. How do you like, let before the game test? starts? You let them take a test and you let them run out there and play the game without knowing yeah. results. That was that was wild to me. I mean, I can kind of understand. Like, hey, we just won the World Series right? and like not caring. And maybe he just came out and wanted to take a picture. And went, I don't know if he was partying or celebrating, but I, I can. I mean, I'm not going to be outraged by it. It just is kind no, of no. Like, it's it's real tough to blame the guy. Yeah. It's like, hey, you just won the World Series. That's the pinnacle of what your sport and what your profession does. But we want you to hang out in not not even the locker room because he has to be isolated away from everybody else. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I don't blame the guy a bit for coming out there and wanting to be in pictures no. and celebrate with his teammates. Yeah, he's got a red beard, just like you, red hair, kind of like you, ginger. Just like that. All the best, um, all the best athletes have uh, red hair and red beards. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and they pull. I was just watching the game. I'm like, dude, this guy's dealing. This Snell guy, and they pull him five and a third, seven and three pitches, nine two strikeouts, hits. two, two <laughs> hits. <laughs> yeah, sometimes so he can the be. Manager said afterwards he didn't want Sager and, and uh, Mookie and those guys to uh, to see him a third time. It's like, well, they didn't hit him the first two times. Who cares? That's yeah, one of those times where analytics and stats and the modern game gets in the way of just saying like, Hey, our guy's dealing right now. Let's let him, let's let him. Yeah. I just wonder what, like if they have some data that shows like if they see a pitcher for the third time, they're just money or something, but who knows? I'm sure there's something out there because baseball is, was way out in front of the analytics before any other sports. So they're probably a little deeper into it, but yeah, it's, it's crazy though. Cause the Dodgers have like, you know, 10 times the payroll is the raise and they're just both duking it out in the same, you know, it's funny. Yeah. That's how baseball always is. It seems like there's always those teams that just spend insane amounts of money. And then there's the, the teams that have, you know, a tiny little payroll and they come out and they, you know, they're pretty equal, uh, you know, when you get on the, actually on the field. So uh, I, I watched the, every game of the world series. I'm not, a, I'm not a Dodgers fan. This may, that may be breaking news to you, but I'm not a Dodgers fan. Um, but it was a, uh, it was a fun series to watch. It really was. So it's, I always wonder what it would feel like for those guys. Or like the Lakers when they won the title, what it would feel like to win it um, this year. You know, n- no fans at all for NBA, very few fans uh, in the stadium for the Major League Baseball. Um, does it feel the same? Is it the same kind of elation and joy that you would have on a regular year? Um, There's no way. Because if you're, if you're an athlete in L.A. and you play, because, I mean, the Lakers are one, and then the Dodgers are probably number two in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. And then the Chargers are number. I was listening to somebody that Chargers day, are like, not on that list. Chargers are like number nineteen. Anyway, yeah, there's MLS team above the Chargers. Yeah, so, but, but you can like basically just think about being a being for the, playing for the Lakers and winning an NBA championship in a, in a normal year. What that would be like. And same thing with the Dodgers. Like back to back. I mean, I know if it were normal it circumstances, the Lakers yeah, would have been in June. Yeah, but and obviously the um, the World Series would be basically now yeah it's easy yeah it'd be really similar November, but, but can you imagine if they were allowed to have like a joint parade with the lakers and the dodgers oh right goodness. now and, and people could actually go to it and celebrate that'd be la would be an absolute zoo it'd be fun and responsible socially distanced virtual parade <laughs> a virtual parade <laughs> bunch of tv screens out there rolling around with people in their living room celebrating yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
Well, you got anything you got else any? for me? I got, I got nothing. Uh, I got, like I said, I've done zero homework to think, to even think about KU other than the fact that I know we're playing KU. So if we don't, if we don't put up 45 to 50, we're doing something wrong on offense. So did you take, did you vote yet? Yeah. I went and voted earlier this week. It was the best thing ever. Last week took me like, when did I go last week? Yeah. Took me like 15 minutes in and out. Boom. Done. I've not voted yet. I, I don't know. For some reason, my wife already voted. Uh, she went with, uh, with her dad, my father-in-law. Um, they went downtown Des Moines to vote. I I have not. For some reason, I just kind of think it'd be cool to vote on election day. Um, that might be, I might regret that, but we live in Polk City. It's a small little town, so hopefully yeah. it's not too crazy. Um, some places will be a circus, but yeah, if you're. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You got your Polk City's pretty small town, so I think we should, I should be okay, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, we, but we don't want to talk about this stuff because I get tweets um, telling us to stick to sports. Um, Last one talk I got, about, we're just talking about our shout, shout out the, the guy from last week. He, he turned out, you know, he wrote me back, whatever turned out to be a, a, a good dude, but he said he, you know, wants to escape politics. So I took a peek at his timeline. And I it know it's hundred percent politics, 100% <laughs> political tweets down the board, <laughs> but so I did uh, the same thing. I just, so like, I always, not to, like I said, he wrote me back. He was, a, he was a good dude. I, I get, and I get what he's saying. Like politics are everywhere. You come to a sports podcast, you don't want to get, you don't want to talk or hear about politics, but you know yeah. what? It's our show. No, it's topical because I just talk, everybody's doing the mail-in thing and concerned about their ballots getting in on time. I just, I, I have always voted early and it just so, it's so easy. No matter where I've lived, like no matter what, you know, what we're voting for, you know, it's just every single, it's vote early. It's so easy. You're a responsible citizen. I I'm think. just saying, I would just encourage it, especially now, if you're concerned about, you know, the volume regardless of people of which there. party you are. Yeah. I mean, go, go vote regardless. I mean, whether it's vote early or you want to wait in line on election day, yeah. uh, get out there and make your voice heard on the, on your ballot. So yeah. well, be right. on, on that note, let's, uh, let's sign off for the night. <laughs> All, All right, right, brother. We'll chat talking to you time. as always. All right. Go Cyclones. Yes, sir.